We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Like, it could be center back. It could be, I think, you wind up at outside back. But you got the revenge game of all revenge games coming with uh, <laughs> Alvo, four thousand bucks. Yeah. Uh, basically, Minnesota like left him out to die, and uh, now he's with the <laughs> fire. That was the phrase he used. Yeah. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from RotoWire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit RotoWire.com/soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and J.D. Bazo. Welcome in and welcome back to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am Daniel Bramlett, and I am here with J.D. Bazo and Skylar Redpath, and we're here for a big Saturday slate for Major League Soccer on DraftKings. Guys, how are you doing tonight? Doing well. It's the first time I've been back in nearly a month. Yeah, last call I got on Skype was the 11th of April, so we made it, made it before the month passed. So if you guys are doing better lately in Daily Fantasy, you might just want to ignore everything I say because you've had a month to test it out without me. And uh, now I'm back to dish some mediocre to potentially great advice. Yes, but you always do know who's uh, who's who's going to be in the lineup, which uh, you can you keep me honest on. I, I tend to mention one or two guys who uh, are out every every week. So good to have you back for that purpose, if for nothing else. Skylar, what about you, man? 
Yeah, doing good. Just uh, trying to get a, a grip on this main slate here. We've got a, another $1,000 main GPP to build on. So uh, yeah, feeling good. I mean, we had had a nice little midweek slate on Wednesday. Uh, some guys that went off and saw some spikes in their pricing on this slate. So dive in. Yeah, let's do it. Five-game slate. Seattle Sounders are the largest favorite on the slate, hosting the Houston Dynamo. And uh, for the second slate in a row, the Chicago Fire are the second biggest favorite uh, at home, hosting Minnesota United in their double game week. And they looked great the other day, so they could be have some popular options. Uh, the Revs are hosting the Earthquakes. The newly coachless Revs, I kind of, in the previous uh, podcast, I kind of joked that Frida was about to get fired, and then it came true. So there you go. And uh, because they <laughs> shipped five goals again, so that, that didn't make it uh, too much mystery. Uh, the Rapids host Real Salt Lake as a slight favorite. And then LAFC, everybody's buddy, uh, everybody's favorite team this year, is on the road uh, in about a pick game at Columbus Crew, who finally got off their five-game losing streak and uh, picked up a W last game. So a lot of uh, good teams and a lot of good players on those teams. What do you think, J.D.? I just sense a little uh, jealousy from the Atlanta fan that LAFC is getting all the attention this year. That's all. <laughs> And you forgot to mention Bandwagon Atlanta fans who just got on board last year. So, yeah. <laughs> Self-admitted. But, uh, Skyler, what's jumping out of you just uh, texture-wise on the slate as you look at the teams at all first? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, just right off the top, that LAFC-Columbus game is a tough one to read. Um, Columbus has been so up and down lately. You know, they just shut Zlatan down. And so I think the question has got to be asked is, you know, is Carlos Vela fatable again? And uh, for me, I think just right off the top, I think that he is. Um, you know, I feel like Columbus, um, they've got the defense that could keep them in check. And, you know, I hate to, to play recency bias, but um, Chicago just shut out Vela at home. And I say shut out, I and mean, he still came away with like 13 points, but you know, yeah. is that what you want when you're paying top dollar for, you know, probably one of your highest priced players in your lineup? Um, it's not going to kill your team, but, you know, you want a little bit more out of that. So I think a case could be made for fading him again. Yeah, I think, I mean, he's always going to bring the floor, but at that price in this matchup, he kind of needs to add a goal on top of the floor is, is my opinion. Uh, where do you fall, J.D.? Yeah, I mean, that's what you're looking for, obviously. I, I still am leaning towards playing Velo this week because I, I don't love some of the other options. Um, you know you're getting, like, a really nice floor, so it, it's kind of paying up for that safety, but you still have, like, as much upside as anybody on the slate. The other thing factoring into my decision is that Columbus played midweek and LAFC are fresh. So um, it's not like Columbus has a huge home field advantage. Their crowd's kind of weak. Usually, kind of. um, hmm. yeah, call out. <laughs> right. So I'm always here for those takes. You know that, especially the when they're uh, weekday matches. I mean, that's killer. It's I. It kind of blows my mind that MLS decided to have more matches during the weeknights this season. That doesn't make sense to me. But um, anyway, the, I mean, the one thing us, I th- it's good for us hardcore fans. Obviously, I don't know how much uh, how many new fans it attracts. Yeah, but I think it's very fun. It's, is somebody that needs to get the weekly rankings out for Fantasy MLS uh, each week with about comments for 50% of the players. It drives me insane. But um, I, I think the thing with Vela is you can fade Vela if you play somebody else from LAFC, but I definitely want some exposure to LAFC. So if if you kind of sort by um, some stats here, Vela and Rossi, I'm looking at the last six weeks, 
And Rossi actually has more touches inside the opponent's box. Um, he almost has as many chances created, especially if he has one more big chance created. He has about 30 more passes, equal number of fouls drawn. But um, where Vela really gets him is just shot attempts and crosses, obviously, mm-hmm. from the set, the set pieces. So, um, And I, I think assists probably as well, even though Rossi's creating some chances. Uh, Vela just, just sucks so many defenders towards him attention-wise that he kind of finds more more open players. So um, I do think Vela's kind of trailed off just a little bit, but if you don't play him, I would strongly consider getting Rossi in there. Um, Cause I don't, I don't love too many of the forward options at all this week in general. Like there's a lot of good players in a lot of uh, whatever matchups. Yeah, I tend to agree there. And I, I think Rossi is, is coming on and Vela just sort of, you know, he, he played, just, you know, balls to the wall for six weeks, and maybe now he's kind of feeling a little bit of a lull in his season. Who knows? I, I'm, he's probably bored. Right, 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 yeah. He's like the student in school who doesn't quite get perfect grades because he's just too bored, right? Yeah, but uh, But uh, I do like to take on Rossi. He's, he's a little boom-bust for me sometimes, but he does give you a pretty nice savings. It's yeah. Less than, than Vela, but what about the other? Would you go down to the center forward, whether it's Diamande or uh, or uh, Ramirez? Do you, those guys neither have been too productive, but this could be. Yeah, fun. they they kind of are better for just drawing defenders away or occupying a couple players in the middle of the field. Um, I I would consider any of them in tournaments, and I think Rossi's the one where I mean, playing him in cash is risky. So that's definitely not what I'm recommending. But if you are looking to get off of Vela in a tournament, I do think you need to consider somebody else. All right, so Skyler, if we are going to consider somebody else, and we don't have to go far down the salary list to find a couple guys who represent the biggest favorites on the slate, what do you think of the Sounders? Yeah, I like. Uh, I think that matchup's a, a little interesting. You know, Houston's come out of the gate strong. Um, I think they're hovering around top of the top of the uh, Western Conference. I mean, right below Seattle, maybe. Um, somewhere around there, but it's it should be a good matchup. That's where I'm kind of a little bit hesitant to, you know, say that I'm all in on on Sounders because I think you know there are other plays on the board that you know we might be able to get a little bit cheaper than say like a Nico Ladero. Um, but yeah, I mean for a cash game build, then Ladero is right there. Um, I think he's right there with Vela, and it's probably going to come down to you know if you want to mm-hmm. choose between the two of them. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, Ladero offers about a thousand dollar savings. And so yeah, he's at home. Hey, don't forget um, he's at I'm home. At, yeah, exactly. I'll, right. I'll, I'll speak yeah. up for the home drones for sure. He, yeah. He I mean, also doesn't shoot the ball, which is infuriating. Anymore. Right. He used um, to he used to, but he's got, that, he's got yeah. all these other options. So yeah. That's the biggest difference between Vela and Ladero for me is one shoots the ball a lot and one doesn't. Shot volume. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I think you get um, you get what you pay for in Velo. Like you get that extra added attacking upside, whereas Ladero, you know, feels like a guy that you're going to get ten to fifteen points game in game out, regardless. Um, although he has he has had a couple of single digit showings recently, which you know, a little bit of cause for hesitation for me. Um, I will say, I guess you know, if you want to save a little bit more in a cash build, and I, I like. Uh, Carlos Heel again. I know we've talked about him. Seems like every time we're talking about cash builds, but he just fits the mold for a cash build forward. Mm-hmm. He's on set pieces, and I'm interested to see uh, what a coaching change does for him. I mean, I feel like the whole revolution side, and I think we kind of 
um, bounce some of this around. I don't know if it was in our in our uh, Discord or, or Twitter uh, chat earlier, but I know we mentioned that the Revs, you know, they've actually got some solid players, some good players that could be, you know, could turn in some good fantasy performances. But I feel like Friedel's kind of put the shackles on their upside, and I think it, it could help a guy like Heel. I think uh, Diego Fagundes has the potential to turn a season around, and even a guy like uh, Pania, who's just pretty much been sitting on the bench most of the season. I mean, I feel like he could probably emerge and have a good second half of the season. So interested to see, uh, just see kind of how this shakes out, but I feel like Heel is going to be safe regardless. And I like the savings he brings compared to, uh, to Vela and Lodero. Yeah. I think I'm finally ready to go back to Carlos Heel. I've been off him for a couple of game weeks, but uh, I think especially at home against San Jose, there's really a chance for him to, to bring the big numbers that we saw in his first couple of appearances. You know, it's funny. You, you talk about Friedel. It's kind of like the only coach in soccer history that I've ever heard of that, you know, he just came and he's like, all right, we're going to play a high press. And it's like, all right, we're going to, you're going to play a high press. And what are you going to have that? Well, we're, we're going to play a high press. You know, he didn't really have any ideas after that about how to convert that high press into any type of offense. So it was kind of oftentimes left to the individual ideas and brilliance or what that might be there whatever capacity of the player yeah. yeah or lack thereof for sure but uh who knows what's going to happen with you know the new coaching regime moving in there <clears> but <throat> i that i think that takes away a little bit of the safety that you mentioned personally skylar but i do think as far as a cash forward you were right on and and he was definitely yeah. got to be in strong consideration uh jd you mentioned or was i'm sorry it was i think it was you skylar who just mentioned you weren't loving the seattle houston matchup and i i get what you mean about you know, when you got two of the top teams, two contending, you know, top teams, they can come out and be a little cagey, especially in an early season matchup. But I almost love that game for fireworks because neither side uh, plays exceptionally strong defense and both can hit you hard on the counter. So uh, what about like a Lodero LE stack or something like that? JD, any ideas there? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely possible. Ladera is not leading too many of the, the rushes, I don't think, for the the attack in Seattle. So you kind of have to gamble on who you like up top for them. And that's tough because I think Rui Diaz still might not start. Um, I think it's Will Bruin. He He's also back and healthy. Rui Diaz only got, I think, uh, five minutes off the bench last game in his return. Right. Bruin used yeah. to – it's like a revenge game for Bruin. Um, he's not getting me too excited. Um, so I, I do like Elise, I think. But um, on the road in Seattle, it's not my favorite matchup. Um Houston is actually doing better than Seattle. They have the same points with two less games. So they've been right, pretty yeah. much... Houston is the leaders in points per game, I think, right? Yeah. Or they were recently. They've been relatively flawless so far. Yeah, they've had a pretty um, cushy schedule, though, to start the season. I'm not going to yeah, throw I'm, that out there, but, I mean, all, all of, of that aside, then, yeah, they've been good. I mean, I'm thinking of Brad Smith and, and Leardom, and I just I don't see those guys shutting down the Houston attack on the wings, but maybe I'm crazy. Yeah, it, it's tough to say because I think Seattle, I mean, Schmetzer, I'm never going to write him off from just having a game plan that that takes right. away the other team's yeah. best player especially, but also just uh, kind of suffocates the other team entirely. Um, I will quickly touch on Carlos Heel. I mean, he is safe because of the crosses, um, but he has one shot on goal in the last five starts, all of which were full 90 minutes, and he has three shots total. Um which is pretty concerning, the the fact that he literally is not pretty much creating any attack. What do you uh, attribute that to, or, like, these guys who come in, like Carlos Gil, Espinosa, I'm trying to think of a few others, but guys that come in and all of a sudden they look like 
amazing their first couple starts, and then all of a sudden, when you think they'd be settling into a rhythm, yeah. all of a sudden they dial it back a little well, bit. What's what's up with that? Brad <laughs> well, also two of Heal's goals in the first three games, or his he had three goals in the first couple games. I think two of those were penalties, right? So I mean, I kind of want to. Not sure he was off to the brightest start, but he looks good. I mean, he still looks good, but for a, a fantasy forward uh, or midfielder, whatever you want to play him as, I think he has a, a decent floor, but the the upside might not be what I'm looking for in a tournament. And even cash, I think we're, uh, we're maybe giving up a little bit by not looking elsewhere with heel this week. I don't know. It, it's tough because I have him in my, my season-long fantasy team just just because he can create, but if I'm looking for like a, a heavy production of DraftKings points, I, I kind of want people to shoot and can score. And I mean, he definitely mm-hmm. can because he takes penalties. But um, they also played midweek. Their coach got fired, and San mm-hmm. Jose's playing really well. So you have a fresh right. San Jose that I mean, San Jose can run any team off the field in terms of fitness right now. It seems like maybe not LAFC. That would be the one team I I think can compete with them in terms of fitness. So I just yeah. I mean. New England can't get much worse. Yeah, San Jose but, uh, seems like a team that's kind of like gelling and finally has figured out what they want, what their new coach wants them to do. And New England's rudderless, so that's a, that's a great point to bring up. Yeah, I think I think if anyone we're targeting, it should be San Jose. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna because we're running a little long here. I'm gonna skip over my boy uh, Darwin Quintero. I'm gonna skip over Skyler's boy Kate Kamara, who are both kind of intriguingly priced up near the top as. They don't bring in much of a floor these days, but uh, let's go a little bit lower. And and Skyler, you may, you alluded to this earlier about people who had uh, nice midweek showings and saw big price hikes. And I think you were probably specifically thinking of Nikolic for Chicago, who scored a brace and saw his price go up two thousand uh, dollars. So, what do you think about him at home against Minnesota? Uh, I mean, I think he has a chance. For one, I want to make sure he's starting. If you're even considering playing him, I'm not sure what's up with. CJ Sapong, he did not uh, even make the 18 uh, in the midweek game, so it's kind of opened up uh, opened up some minutes for Nikolic, and I'd be interested to see if that carries over. If it's like a, you know, Nikolic uh, plays the midweek game and Sapong's back for the the weekend game, um, but again, it's it's one of those things where it'd be really hard to bench somebody after scoring a brace, especially a guy like Nikolic that they want to see get going and see uh, start scoring goals in bulk again. And so I don't know. I mean, it's a good matchup at home. Um, the price is not um, anything that really uh, moves the needle for me. Like it just it, right. it actually kind of turns me off, turns me off of Nikolic a little bit. Like if he was still in the maybe even 6,500 range, like I'd be a little bit more excited about maybe throwing a GPP dart on him. But still pushing it. You, you talked about uh, Rossi being volatile. I mean, Nikolic is even more volatile right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm probably staying away. Um, any, uh, you know, if any, you wanna... well, I was just sorry to cut you off. I just get any nod to just overall increased form for Chicago as a team. I mean, they've been starting to fire on, on some pretty nice cylinders just all, overall. Yeah. Pun intended. Not, yeah, not really. I mean, you look at their results. This is really, I think their first, uh, multi-goal game that they've had. Um, I don't know. And like, five or six games. I mean, they, they don't score a lot and maybe it's, maybe they're rounding the corner here. They've got guy time starting to turn it up. He had a huge game midweek. Um, and yeah, Minnesota is not the best defensive team, but it just, I don't, I feel like a, a outburst against the revs isn't really enough of a sample size to say like the fires turning it around. They're going to start being an attacking juggernaut. Like it just, 
let's let's see how they do this weekend. Let's see how they do over the next week or so, and then yeah, I might start coming around a little bit more on these guys. But um, I'm still a little hesitant on this game. Music to my ears. <laughs> uh, if you want to go on down the list a little bit, though, there is uh, there are a couple of. I guess you could say value plays that jump out at me. Um, one, I'd be interested to see kind of what you guys think about this guy because he kind of surprised me, and I had a, had exposure to him midweek. Um, came through with 17 points, Rabinho for the crew, um, 6600, and he's been bringing a pretty solid four just without goals or assists. He came through with an assist midweek, but uh, um, he, you know you're you're talking about like a guy like Heel who's getting points through crosses and fouls drawn, but not getting shots. Like, Rubinho has been t- taking a lot of shots. Um, he hasn't yeah. scored a goal this season, but he's taken multiple shots, like, game in and game out. And I don't know, he's starting to, kind of starting to creep up the radar for me as, like, a cash game staple almost. I mean, at, at the, for the price, and that's that's kind of where I'm seeing him fall in. Yeah, I like it. I think it's a for the matchup, and 6,600 6, is a little steep, but I think he's definitely someone right. to keep on our radar. Um, right below him, I mean, you're running through like a, a bunch of good plays then. You have Savarino, you have Huzin. Yeah, uh, Huzin, yeah, Zardis, Caicedo, and Sam Johnson are all 5,400 to 6,100. So yep. Zardis had a goal and assist. Caicedo's been really good lately. Um, Sam Johnson, I think, has a good matchup, and he scored last game. He scored three out of the last four. It's Colorado. He had his little, yeah. Uh, Sam Johnson had his little post game outburst too, and basically called out, called out Salt Lake, his teammates, his coaching staff, and basically said like, "You guys got to feed me more." So uh, <laughs> um, didn't settle well with Pecky. I heard some, you know, basically that Pecky had a had to pull him aside and like say, "Yo, you can't be like saying that in public." Like. Just, <laughs> uh, rain it in and so I don't know I could if Sam Johnson it, it could be means for him to start this one on the bench but if he starts and I could see him you know I could see a big game at uh, Colorado who's been bat about as bad as uh, New England at the back yeah honestly whoever starts for Salt Lake I mean Colorado just traded for two center backs and now they have like 10 but none of them are good yeah or they yeah, loaned so. they loaned Abubakar they, yeah they need to get Abubakar in there right away yeah, um, I guess the crew have uh, David Akam in the mix now too, which who knows how that'll affect things. Like you mentioned, uh, Rob, <laughs> yeah, you mentioned Robinho's matchup is not the best against LAFC. Like that might be what would maybe cause me to not roll him out this week. But definitely a guy that's yeah. that's popped up on my radar now when I'm when I see him in the mix. He yeah, could be a he could be a DGW. Uh, Rotation candidate also, potentially. He's been playing a lot. He's been starting a lot of games lately. Yeah. Well, I think a calm coming over probably right. subs on, gets a, a last 20 minutes or something. So Rubinho probably played 70. Yeah. I, yeah, we see that. Total guess. But the, the one guy we skipped over, I just want to mention, is Magnus Eriksson, who has created more chances than anybody else uh, in the league, I believe, over the last uh, about five weeks. More than Pozuelo, uh, more than Vela. More than oh, guys, Barco. He's playing the Rebs. Ladero. Yeah, yeah, he's got the great matchup you mentioned earlier. Yeah, 7,300. I mean, he's been putting stats up in pretty much all the categories. be nice if he scored a couple more goals, took a couple more shots. But the way they're firing and with New England kind of flailing, I think he's someone that I'm pretty uh, 
I find pretty appealing. And he's I know doing you can, that without set pieces, right? Because it's, it's still Espinosa on the set pieces. Yeah, I don't think he's on very many. Sometimes Erickson seems like he's uh, he always likes to kind of take some, but yeah. I'll try and filter Look it. Menacing. Yeah, with his Viking yeah. here. Stall for me. I'll, I'll filter and see. What yeah. Well, what I would say is just that, that as we you know we've mentioned a lot of guys here, and it kind of opens up more options for you if you're considering you know fading those guys at the top and going. With the, the the two lower priced forward strategies, so you can you can spend up at the midfield, and I know we're going to get there in a second. Is there is there anyone else that you you want to throw out here in the sub five k range? I almost feel like we don't need to because we got so many other good plays mentioned up top. Yeah, in the forward range, I think there's not much appeal under like Jordan Morris forty nine hundred, right. and that's I don't find that very appealing either. So. Um, I think where you find the value, you're going to get a one really, really cheap midfielder, and um, you can probably fit the other four attacking positions I think you can do pretty well with. So Erickson actually is taking, by the way. It looks like uh, set pieces this year. He has 14 corners to 23 for Espinoza. He actually has more shots off of set pieces, 8 to 4. Um, so he's getting involved. I don't know how much of that's lately versus previous yeah. It looks like they even split it up. Jackson Yule took a couple corner kicks yeah. uh, last game, and even Judson took a couple. So, yeah. uh, so actually, Erickson had three corner crosses last game. Erickson zero, or Espinosa zero. Erickson three. Yeah. Yule one. Yeah. Partly uh, due to Espinosa seeing red and like the fiftieth minute, <laughs> so it killed killed me. I, I definitely have a bad taste in my mouth because I had him everywhere last week in yeah, DFS. I have, so I that one everywhere. Stung. Yeah, he was he was he was like a must play. I mean, he was great play. Yeah, yeah. So so that 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 uh, opens uh, opens that door up more for Erickson. All right, we just unearthed the play. Right, we almost skipped over. Yeah, we almost skipped over. So, (laughs) thank you for going back. Uh, Let's move on to midfield though, since we've uh, already hinted at it two or three times. And uh, when it comes to the most expensive midfielders who don't have forward eligibility, also. We're talking about two guys that we – one guy that we always love to talk about playing but not actually play, who's Victor Rodriguez, and then one guy that we rarely talk about but always seems to be finding his way into lineups is Pedro Santos. So uh, what do you think about those guys as far as uh, top midfield options? I think we can do better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got Gaitan right there too, also just 200 below. So yeah, of yeah, those three, you think Gaitan's the, the guy? I like Gaitan and Rusnak. Those are the two that jumped out to me immediately. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think um, as far as V-Rod goes, just way overpriced for the production he's been bringing lately. I mean, yeah, we know he can have an outburst here and there, but um, I'm not going there. Santos, uh, he's been good, but the matchup is tough. He's, he's another potential DGW rotation candidate. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that you don't think so? No, I think he's he's like literally their offense lately. Yeah, I mean they they did sub Iguain off, so maybe they might yeah. be looking ahead to something like that. But I, I agree with JD. Like, if if they took Santos off, they would have no attack. Yeah, I think and I filtered. I, yeah, I was just going off of their last DGW. He came off. He came on and played uh, thirty four minutes. But I don't know. I mean, I'm just throwing That's it out it. there. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's worth. Uh, if you're building around him, it's at least worth keeping in the back of your head that there's a chance that you might have to go somewhere else. But um, Santos is another case of someone who like doesn't shoot that much. So 
I think I, once again, I have my last like five week filter set up. He, um, he has the second most crosses in the entire league during that time behind Ladero. He has the uh, tied for fourth most chances created behind Erickson, Pozuelo, and Gaitan. He's even with Vela, Iguain, Rooney, and Barco um, ahead of Ladero. Uh, but he only has four shots on goal, 16 total, which isn't bad, but um, he's not getting assists, really. He's not producing the, the final end product. And I don't know that on tired legs against LAFC, we're going to be seeing the, the final product there either. Yeah. Don't, yeah. uh, I, I love Santos. I would never quibble with any of those numbers, but he did have that one, you know, back to back game where he had 16 crosses and 12, cro- or 12 crosses in two games. So yeah. that kind of inflates his numbers, just two really big outlier games. But uh, that, that doesn't take away from your ultimate point, which is that he is a very consistent player, a great DraftKings points producer. Yeah, he's kind of more fun to watch in person, I think, just like he's a good piece to an offense. Um, he'd be like killer on a team with like two or three stars that he could support. Kind of like the Victor Rodriguez role, honestly. Right. And look what he's done to, to Giassi's artist, right? <laughs> who's, who's definitely not a star. So <laughs> He needs <laughs> something. Yeah, he needs like another person that attack to really help like give him some space and whatever. But Yeah. So we mentioned Espinosa's out. Gaitan's right there. Uh, Rusnak's right there. You know, I, don't, I think people. I think people need to can pretty much. Not that it's never gonna. Not that he's never gonna outscore him, but you probably want to be playing Gaitan over Katai at this point. Almost every slate, right? Will be or won't be. You want to be. Want to be. Yes. Oh yeah. Agreed. Yeah, uh, Katai's a good GPP play. Um, just you know, throw a lineup in there with with him in there. But yeah, Gaitan or Gaitan is the guy if you want that cash game build uh, midfielder. I think he's the guy that you got to go with. Yeah, Katai has games of seven and eight shots this season. So I mean, the Gaitan's probably not hitting that too often. That's fair. Yeah. Otherwise, I though, like, I mean, like Gaitan's much safer. Right. I just think a lot of those. I think some of those games that you just mentioned for Katai came maybe before Gaitan got there and started taking over the role as, as you know, sort of the primary playmaker on the team. So I don't know yeah. if we we'll see that again. Is kind of what I'm hinting at. But you're probably right. It was uh, the game against Colorado. I'm trying to think when Gaitan debuted. I mean, Colorado I had three shots against Colorado JD, and I wasn't even in the 18. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> and Tim Howard probably didn't save him either. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Scored a brace from my keyboard. Too busy uh, commentating Champions League. Yeah, yeah. Well, how about yeah? Well, poor, not great at that either. But uh, <laughs> we'll keep it, keep it moving. Um, you know, uh, Mimo Rodriguez, Tomas Martinez. You got any interest in the Houston midfield on the road? Negative. John uh, uh, <laughs> Oh, sorry. Did I cut you off? I mean, say, Give me your memo hit. Well, I mean, mem- memo's been good enough to not just you know pass over, but there's so many good midfielders in this price range that. Probably gonna end up what what happens to him for me, um, but he's been good. I mean, he's I think he's been a big part of why Houston's done so well out of the gate is that he's actually getting playing time. Whereas you know, past couple of seasons we've seen that he's he's got the talent. And now he's finally getting to getting to show it off, getting some meaningful minutes. So it's good to see. But yeah, I'm probably gonna pass over him uh, on the road at Seattle. Yeah, no, totally agree. Big fan of him as a player, but I don't need to to play him this week. You know, like, yeah, Rusnak for the same price. Like Rusnak will get the nod for me, probably. Yeah, I agree. Um, we got a couple guys that are, that fit. I mean, 
in this seven high sixes, low sevens, where how do you feel about a guy like Krylak and K? Those are pure GP play P plays to me. But Grey Goose in between them does bring a little bit of a floor. Uh, what what have you thought of his contributions this year? He's been super valuable in real life. Um, yeah, I think his last game is a little bit inflated due to Cantero uh, being out, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, he does have a floor in the last four weeks of five crosses. That's pretty good. And he does take shots from distance. Um, he's right. fine. Yeah. Primary piece taker. Um, I like him. I mean, and it's not a terrible matchup. I mean, yeah, we said the fire just shut out LAFC on the road. So, you know, maybe that's that kind of a fluke. Stay. Yeah, I mean, they basically set up, parked the bus, and like, yeah. Set the yeah. Bus come away with a point we'll be happy so i could see a good game again from gray goose here i mean flirt with double digits and if he happens yeah. to, to nick a goal or an assist then yeah it turns into a, a big performance so give me gray goose at five thousand. i'm pumped like he's probably in most of my lineups but 6900 that's tough yeah i'm almost trying to find that extra 600 to get Rusnak uh at colorado like i like that much better if Quintero's out again. Could you see yourself going there and cash, Grey Goose, or is it still that, that still doesn't get you there? Still probably not, but it's it's tough. Yeah, I'm not going to rule it out. Um, he's definitely, you know, when you narrow down kind of a cash midfield pool, then he's mm-hmm. the guy that's starting to pop up, uh, you know, any slate that he's he's in the player pool. So mm-hmm. um, if, if uh, Quintero's out, then it does definitely, I think it increases his floor a little bit because I feel like he's going to have to be swinging balls in, trying to pick out Rodriguez. Whereas, you know, when Quintero's in, then he's, you know, he's the guy that's going to run at defenders a little bit more and, and Minnesota's not necessarily relying on him for, um, for or relying on Grey Goose for his balls into the box, that kind of thing, so. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I don't see them. Nece- I don't see the game script necessarily coming out with them going full on attack mode necessarily, regardless of whether Quintero's in or not. But uh, we we shall have to see. Um, where did I want to go next? I, I, there's nowhere else, so you have to scroll real far zone. down. Yeah, it's kind yeah, of a dead zone. But you guys had had uh, made a early reference to a, a real cheap play. Did you have someone specific in mind there, JD? Or yeah, well, for, first of all, we all know Skyler's going to play Jack Price, thirty four hundred. <laughs> um, hey, like I, was, he's... I was looking forward to set, to calling that play out. <laughs> I mean, it's you predictable. It I haven't even I haven't even listened to the last couple podcasts while I've been out. And uh, I could have told you that you were going to play Jack Price. Well, but. I was I was kind of keeping an eye on uh, the game log this past game with Connor Casey in charge just to see if anything changed with the uh, set piece roll. And no, uh, Price had full monopoly. I, I want to say I'd have to look back again to double check that, but I want to say that Price took like all five or six of the corner kicks that Colorado had, which thirty four hundred man, give me all of that. I mean, it's not like it's a terrible matchup at home. Colorado's trying to turn things around. I'll put price in and, you know, uh, give me some funds for the the heavy artillery. Yep. Tilly, yeah. I'm looking up these uh, crosses for you. Corner crosses last game. Uh, Jack Price 7. Well, this is crosses plus set pieces from Rotowire stats. Price 7, Kai Kamara 2. So I'm assuming Kai Kamara's were shots. I think one I saw a set piece like fly 10 miles over the goal that he hit. But. <laughs> 
That might have been open play. I'm not positive. But uh, talking about we're talking about Sky Kamara in that case. Right? Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, mean, I, I get my dad jokes in when I can. <laughs> uh, two more guys in this range. Yeah. One, Tommy Thompson, thirty-three hundred. Whoa. Uh, Whoa! You just yeah. blew my mind, JD. Why? Tommy Thompson. Yeah, man. Tell me why. Tell me why. I'm just. I'm just. I'm sitting here stunned. Because it's the Revs. Say no more. I mean, they've allowed, what, 18 goals in the last four games? So, Tommy he's, Thompson's in there. It's been interesting lately. He's, he's been lining up as a uh, right, right back, back. Time, I think. Yeah. yeah. This is our, uh, our Shemislav Frankowski play for this week, basically. <laughs> exactly. Precisely. Yeah. I mean, I could see it working out. He's men price, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's Jack Price for me in this range. No, I tell you, yeah, Thompson's like a little pivot for tournament fun if you're stacking San right. Jose. Um, and then I, I think Luis Caicedo for um, New England, I really like how he plays. He drew six fouls, even that debacle midweek. Um, so I, he's young and he's a designated player, and I think that under a new coach he might get a little more freedom, hopefully. Yeah, I can see that. I, I got to admit that I, you know, maybe I'm just too conservative or risk averse or whatnot, but I'll probably be taking a wait and see approach. I feel with most of these New England guys, I don't see myself busting too many of them out on the slate, but I do like that price on Caicedo. I, I got to admit. So, and I, you make a good point about a young player who may want to really show out for a new manager. So I got no issues there either. I, I do think they really hated Friedel and were, I mean, I think. Th- of course, yes. He threw him under the bus. I mean, he, yeah. he bashed them at every opportunity, so it doesn't shock me. And as a group of like players that pretty much have to be competitive to get to the point where they are, I think the the next game could be like a major response. I mean, you you're happy to get rid of the coach you didn't like. You think you're mm-hmm. a better team than you've been playing. I mean, you've been getting crushed, and um, which was probably you know probably in part to say, hey, let's you know if if, if we show this bad, then maybe Friedel. <laughs> He's shown the door, so the the total yeah. lack of hustle on New England the last few games has been laughable. So right. I have to imagine, even though it's a tough opponent that's going to be able to run around them as well, I do think there's going to be a response. Um, so somebody from New England, I think, is going to be a good play. It it takes more than us three on this podcast to probably figure out who the heck huh. it's going to be. Yeah, I do like though, like. Whenever I'm building just as a general like lineup building principle in, in soccer, especially like it, this applies to all sports, but it's very true in soccer. When you have a guy who could pay off, but he's in kind of a risky spot, you're never that bad off when you go, you know, the super cheap piece from the team that's in that situation. So, right. you know, he you play Carlos Hill for over 8K and he gets you five points. You know, you're you can't have that. But if you play Cachado for 3700 to get you five points, you're over the moon. So I, I totally get it, and I, I can see it as viable for sure. Yeah, and if we had yeah, this – uh, I was just going to say quick, if we had the same motivational view of Kai Kamara, like one of the most emotional players in the entire league, and not necessarily for bad reason when I say that, but um, he had five shots, two goals in the first game under Connor Casey and 29.3 fantasy points. So I know one was a PK, right, maybe both. They both were, yeah. Both were? Yeah, but I mean, he was just like running all around, calling for the ball, demanding it. So there, there is a little bit to be said about when a, a team switches coaches. There are guys you can kind of tell, I think, are going to want to hustle more and impress the coach. Or there's finally a weight off of their shoulders. And I think there's going to be a lot of that from some of the New England guys. So we got kind of a, a real, you know, 
really interesting slate developing then because you got the two really expensive forward options that you are a little bit riskier than they normally are. Then you got a bunch of great mid-range forward and even you know low mid-range forwards. You get the high mid-range midfielders and then a bunch of cheap midfielders that allow you to get those dicey expensive forwards that I mentioned at first in. So there's a lot of ways to go here, I feel. And we haven't even got to defense yet. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I mean, real quick. Good. Yeah, I mean, just uh, real quick before we totally uh, skip over the Revs Russian roulette here, uh, if, since we're on the re- cheap Revs midfielders, Tejon Buchanan's actually been, um, he's put he put together a couple, but um, 4,300, he's 600 bucks more than Caicedo. So, um, you know, I feel like he's maybe a little bit more uh, attack-minded. I mean, he's out, he's out on the wing. So um, he's a guy that I've had my eye on. I mean, again, who knows? how their lineup's going to play out once they've got a new new coach in charge this game. But um, worth mentioning, I guess. And then um, before we completely skip over midfielders, I think Edward Atuesta is interesting. He's maybe a little bit higher than uh, I'd like to play him at. But for a set-piece taker on arguably the best attack in the league, um, 5200 is not a bad price. Yeah, I like Atuesta. And also... He's a guy that kind of racks up a, a little bit of defensive stats oftentimes to go with his his uh, occasional set pieces. So, Yeah. The one thing we just watch out that Lee Wynn doesn't uh, get a start. Sure. Not that so, that means that Twesta doesn't play, but, it. I mean, you never know. He's a little yeah, simple. I think that would hurt Blessing more than a Twesta. But yeah, I'm not sure I can pay. Out. This is the first time in all season that a Twesta has been over 5K. I'm not sure I can pay his his season high price for him on this slate. Yeah. I don't know right. Last time I said this, uh, he I think he had a he was the best <laughs> double game week fantasy player. Um, I think it was in my rankings comments. But in he only has six touches inside the box in the last 540 minutes he's played. Um, then he scored a screamer after I said that in my rankings. So. Right. You don't even need need touches in the box when you can score like that. So. Right. I mean, he only does have. Um, Looks like six shots from outside the box during that span, three from inside. So six of those touches were shots inside the box. But um, I don't know. He's fine. I actually think the price is good, like Skylar said, and he does take some set pieces. So I think that's actually a really good play. You're just not getting the upside, so... As we move into defense, I want you guys thinking just about, you know, where your head's at as far as are you going to go... Jack Price and Vela, or are you going to try to go more mid-range? But uh, we'll we'll get the final summary at the end. Let's move to defense where there's a couple expensive fullbacks that have been delivering a lot of points, but I'm always wary about these guys because I feel like with DraftKings, when it comes to uh, defenders and fullbacks especially, the prices are very quick to go up, and then they're very slow to come down. So they can they can linger up these high fives uh, range. You know, guys like Brad Smith and Matt Nyer and Salinas, even when – they're not quite producing at the level they were. Are you worried about any of these guys having a drop-off anytime soon? I'm always worried about paying that much for a fullback. But um, I think all of them are fine. Matt Nyer's fine. Brad Smith, I think, is uh, okay. But I think he's going to focus defensively just to stop a lease. Um, Salinas is my favorite of the high-priced ones this week. Yeah, I think for all the reasons mentioned before, do you, do you agree, Skyler? 
Yeah, I mean, Metnar's, uh, I, I think Metnar still, still brings a little bit of a safer floor than Salinas. Salinas has that goal upside. If we think that the Revs you know, are going to give up some goals again, then I think Salinas is fine. But uh, definitely feels like Metnair and uh, Smith provided the safer floor, although both of them kind of had a let, uh, let down spot game this last time out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that they're all priced accordingly. Like I would probably rank like one, two, three, Metnair, Smith, Salina. Yeah. DK got it right. Imagine that. Uh, <laughs> I, I've never been on the Kelvin Lear Dom train. I don't know where you guys, if, if you're on that train, maybe you're driving the train, you know, maybe you're laying down the tracks. I don't know, but where, where do we stand with Kel, Kelvin Lear Dom right now? He, he really benefits from being on the, the opposite side of where they try and build their attack. So when he gets involved in the attack, it's usually a late run into the box. Um, so that's how he had that early season, like goal scoring spurt mm-hmm. is because they built the attack through Victor Rodriguez, Brad Smith on the left. And Ladero was really shading towards the left as well. Um, so I think Leardom is, is much more of a GPP like gamble play. I wouldn't touch him in cash personally. Yeah, I remember I kept seeing him show up in my opponent's lineups in the early weeks, and I'm like, oh, nice, yeah. they played Leardam, and then score a call. Yeah, that happens sometimes, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. But Way yeah. Uh, Skylar, what do you like on the defensive ranks? There's some interesting plays. Um, just going down the list, I mean, Keegan Rosenberry is a guy that I could see have a breakout game anytime soon, especially with the uh, coaching change. Like He's a guy that I've always... Uh, like just for added uh, attacking exposure, I guess. Like he's a guy that can get up and down the flank and swing some balls in to a guy like Kai Kamara. So, you know, I could see him. He hasn't had a goal or an assist this season, but I could see one coming um, at home against Salt Lake. So, it's you know, it's not a play that I'm like loving to throw into a cash lineup or anything like that, but I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see him turn up with a big game soon. Um, and then, you know, kind of in that same uh, mold, Edgar Castillo, like we talked about being interested to see how the revs shake out with this, with uh, Friedel out of the picture now. Like he's a guy that I feel like has just got so much potential going forward and it just feels like it hasn't been there this season. So, right. Uh, we know what he can do from past seasons, though. Right. Yeah. And 4,300, like for a guy like that, like I think last season we were paying like 5,000 for him fairly regularly. Uh, that's about what he was priced to start the season. And I think I, you know, I dipped my toes into playing him again earlier in the season when, when the matchup was right, and it just didn't work out. So you know, it'd be uh, be tough to just like throw him in without really knowing how things are gonna play out there. But for forty three hundred, then I don't know if it's gonna absolutely like kill your lineup if he shows up with another like five pointer at that price. Um, right below him, Adam Lundqvist. He's had some set piece. Uh, responsibilities for Houston so you got to love that about a defender um, although he's you know he's been pretty volatile like he's put some two three point performances like mix in with some like seven eight nine so yeah I think uh, you have what... to go back and like double check all the box scores but usually his best performances are like when another set piece taker is out of the lineup like you're, if there's like no Mimo or no Tomas then usually Lundqvist right. is a little bit better right right um, but I'd say, I mean, and without really knowing where this guy lines up, like it could be center back. It could be, I think he lined up at outside back, but you got the revenge game of all revenge games coming with, uh, <laughs> with Calvo, 4,000 bucks. Yeah. Uh, basically Minnesota, like left him out to die. And, uh, now he's with the <laughs> That's, fire. That was the phrase he used. Yeah. 
<laughs> so uh, yeah, so he's uh, he's intriguing play for sure. I mean, I you know wouldn't be he's surprised to see him go up he's for a goal, fish. but also I mean. <laughs> I gotta throw some caution into the wind, though. I wouldn't be surprised to see a red card come out of him either. So, um, but he's the type of player that could could you know put together a really big game, especially in a scenario like this. Yeah, I mean, a yellow is a, a yellow is an out and out lock. I mean, he's getting a yellow on Saturday, <laughs> no, right. matter, no matter what. So that's right. But that, that, that probably comes one. with a shot or two on goal too to offset right. it. Just, um, so I like the play. I'm not saying like I actually think I had him in some cash builds last night, but. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm definitely wanting some exposure to him this week. He's been good for Chicago. He's looked good in his new team. Yeah. Well, I mean, he had one game against the refs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had like 11 uh, season-long points. I'll take it. <laughs> no, no, no good showing. For for the listeners that don't play season-long, you get what six for a shutout, so and two for 90 minutes, so he had four real points. Well, I think you get five for a shutout. Better than, okay, uh, I, you're right. I think you're right. I I should know, but just saying, better <laughs> than like Kapelhoff, who had uh, I saw I saw in a lot of people's lineups. I was actually trying to um, persuade some folks over on the at MLS Fantasy Twitter saying, "Hey, if Calvo starts, I like him a little bit more than Kapelhoff this week," and that one worked out. Kapelhoff ended with six, so. Yeah, yeah Kapilov doesn't get any bonus points. He's not very aggressive. Right. I mean, that's what Calvo is there for, who is super aggressive. I love Calvo as a player. Like, I know everyone hated on him for a period last season when he was absolute trash, but then the World Cup came around and he was back yep. in form, and he was super good after that, I thought, even though they were making him play left back at times, which is not his natural position. Yes. 4,000 is tough. 4,000 is tough for someone that might play center back. That's all I'm mm-hmm. saying about that. But I am tempted. I'm very tempted, but um, I think I'm going to let the, the logical side of my brain get the better of me on this one. Yeah, I think I'd play him over some of these other, like, sort of cheap fullbacks and the, the fullbacks. Full that, trash this yeah, week. Yeah, I mean, Jimenez, Jimenez came up with a goal last game, which was absolutely yeah, brutal uh-huh. because he's just <laughs> such, such a trash play, but... Uh, Jordan Harvey, I know, is Skyler's boy. What's that? People used Jimenez in Daily Fantasy yesterday. Uh, there weren't too many people that used him, but he did score. He did get on the score. Yeah, that was, that was, yeah. How's Jordan Harvey, my boy? Mm-hmm. Because uh, he got you that assist, I think. He got you some assist in week one or week two. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ran on yeah. the 90th minute assist. That, yeah. I like Harvey he's, this week. He started out kind of slow, other than that one assist. Uh, but he's been coming. He's been coming around the past couple of weeks. Wait, four shots last week. Give me all of that from a defender. I know that's like his, the first time in his career he's probably ever taken four shots. But <laughs> like, did, do you think he had a kid that day or something? Like, why you never I see Harvey take more than just posted up so so far back and like <laughs> just. I mean, I think it seemed like. Uh, Basically allowing LA to penetrate on the on the wings and fire at will. So you know, it was a, a one ten formation for sure. From the <laughs> you know how mad Bob Bradley probably is when he has all these like amazing players and Jordan Harvey's out there taking like thirty yard shots. I don't know they could have been headers. I have no idea, but I didn't watch the Chicago LAFC match. It it was a clinic in parking the bus. Let's just put it that way. That um, makes little sense. Yeah. 
I don't mind, you know, I, I hate guys. I, I don't ever really love Salt Lake on the road, but I, at Colorado doesn't scare me. So that their fullbacks are kind of cheap. I'd probably go down to like Herrera over over Harvey, over Calvo, over Jimenez. But oh, down yeah. you only you only save two hundred bucks to go from Harvey to. Well, sometimes you need that two hundred bucks. You yeah, know, no, I, I hear you. But... We're down here. I mean, we mentioned. Uh, I guess in that same game, I mentioned Rosenberry. Um, earlier, but on the opposite wing, Sam Bynes, seven yes. shots last game. Um, young Fastest guy in the league, essentially. Yeah, guy that can uh, – I think that he's got some, some attacking appeal to him. I mean, seven crosses if he's trying to seek out Kai Kamara in the box. And 3,400, like, I think that's a pretty nice little value play right there. Yeah, yeah he could right. be an overlapping machine too. I mean, he's so fast. And on the other side, if they don't play Rosenberry – and they get Anderson in there again, the kid that's, what, 17 or six, 16, 17? I mean, I, I yeah. thought he was pretty talented in his first game. He definitely got bodied off the ball, like, a lot. But um, he's going to be really good. I think I played both Anderson and Vines on that showdown slate where they where they both started, and they were, they were super cheap. And... Uh, Vines was good. Anderson was not. You're totally right, though. I I, I got I, I don't know why I mentioned Herrera when Vines is sitting right there as the home home side for 200 cheaper. So, do not play Herrera. Play Vines instead. Man, so, I could have three Rapids in my lineup this week. Yeah, yeah man, I, mean, I mean, now that you mentioned that about Anderson, JD, it looks like Rosenberry was tucked in a little bit more, um, almost like a three center back yeah. setup. Yeah, yeah so he I don't, absolutely I don't was. Realize that for Anderson some... was posted up a little bit wider. I don't know why I watched that game. I guess because <laughs> it was on a Friday night, and there's yeah. no, that's it's the only action. Yeah, I I don't do anything on Friday nights apparently. So turn a little bit of that on, and it was terrible. It was probably the worst soccer game I've seen in a long time. Saw five goals. How could it have been that bad? Uh, it was pathetic. Everyone, everyone <laughs> on the field was bad, except maybe Sam Vines. Kai Kamara brace penalties. Yeah, <laughs> two feet guys. The old PK brace. At least Connor Casey knows not to piss him off. That would have been so funny if the first game as head coach, he didn't let Kai take the penalties, and then Kai immediately demanded a trade. (laughs) He would never do anything overly emotional like that. Come on. True. I mean, what am I thinking? If you play Branson Anderson, you don't have to play a low-price midfielder. Right. And you could still get your Vela slash uh, Lodero. And obviously with, yeah. with value of both midfield and defense, you could even probably double stack both the top two guys if you wanted. Although I don't think that's what any of us are really necessarily advocating on this this breakdown. But it's it's there for you. And I think that's probably the coolest thing about this slate is just a lot of different multiple construction ways. I think if you're talking about lock players, it goes more in, in the midfield, that midfield mid-range that you guys mentioned, Gaitan and Rusnak kind of, kind of really jump off the page that probably is where I'm going to start my lineup, but we'll see. Um, but, but yeah, I expect to see some decently spread out ownership on a five game slate. Uh, there are going to people be the people who just flock to Vela cause they've been playing them every week. Uh, yeah. What do you guys think? Uh, just, you know, we've talked about a lot of the quality of the plays. What do you think about just any lineup construction or, uh, you know, build thoughts, uh, ownership plays, you know, in cash games, hmm. what do you think? I think you I mean, go with cheap defenders, and yeah, I think that they're able to definitely pay up at forward. And honestly, Joe Willis is sitting here. 
4,000, the cheapest keeper for the team that's the best in points per game against right. the Houston or against the Seattle team that might start Will Bruin. I mean, he's going to at least get enough saves to, right. to get a handful of points, and then he could get a ton of saves. Um, I like Willis a lot for the value. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of went on that theory last week with Bingham, and it didn't really uh, work out. That's because it's but, yeah. <laughs> Although Willis also is not a good keeper, but Bingham is especially not a good keeper. Yeah. I, no, I think – I mean, I think J.D. nailed it. Like, I mean, it feels like we've unearthed some good value um, just kind of talking this slate out. And I know I said at the top of the podcast, like, I think a case could be made for fading Vela. But honestly, I mean, I feel like we can – it's um, not hard a way to work them in. Yeah, I think we can find a way to work them in. I feel like um, just looking at the slate. I mean, it's going to be really hard to fade a guy with that much, you know, that that much firepower. Um, basically, a guy that can make or break your build. So, if there's enough value out there to, to fit them in, I think I'm probably going to end up landing on them this slate. Right. I mean, if you look at if you compare him to, you know, he yes, he's two k more than. Kai Kamara, Darwin Quintero, Albert Elise, but really, what is that value-wise? That's what uh, three shots on goal, you know, which Vela can bring. So, and Quintero may not play. It sounds yeah. like he he's close, but I mean, he only got what a couple minutes last game. Yeah, so I like it. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more optimistic about Vela being in my lineup than I was when we started this. So, uh, congratulations, you guys, yeah. for. Making me you're right. Yeah, you're right. Though there's a ton of good options. If you want to pay down, you can have five guys in the eight thousand range. Easy. Yeah, it, uh, it should be 000. a fun slate, and uh, we got a we had a one thousand dollar corner kick prize pool to uh, <laughs> to go chase that C note first prize like we did last uh, in the midweek. <laughs> so. Good luck, guys. I really appreciate the chance to talk the slate out with you always, and uh, can't wait to see you in the contest. Good luck, everybody. Yeah. Good luck, guys. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.